Hey peeps, welcome back to the Growth Lab podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harris, and I run the Growth Lab, a lead generation consultancy for commercial cleaning businesses. In today's episode, I chat with Josh Melton, CEO of Athens Cleaning, who specialize in cleaning medical, financial, and professional office spaces in Athens, Georgia. Josh launched Athens Cleaning 10 years ago with his wife, and together they've built it into a seven-figure business that is the best in its niche. We talk about how Josh found the niche for his cleaning business, growing the business through relationship marketing, creating staff avatars to grow his cleaning business team and identifying the mission, vision and core values of his business to accelerate growth. For more tips on lead generation and insights on the most successful strategies, tools and tactics to help grow your commercial cleaning business, sign up for the Growth Lab newsletter via the link in the episode description. That being said, let's dive in. We are here with Josh Melton, CEO and co-founder of Athens Cleaning Company. I'd like to welcome Josh to the podcast. Josh, I know we've had a little chat before we went on air. You know, I haven't had a look at your backstory. I know that there's a whole separate podcast episode, uh, but could you give us like a very brief 60 second intro as to who you are, what your uh, cleaning business does, where you're located, and then we'll just jump straight into it. Yeah, Matt, number one, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm really glad to be here with you. Uh, as far as my backstory, I've been in the cleaning in cleaning industry since 2006. I said mm-hmm. from day one, I did not want to do this. I spent over mm-hmm. a decade trying to do everything but this, but about five years ago, I was like, all right, I'm just going all in uh, full time on doing this. And my wife and I are both involved in the business. We have a partner as well. We do professional office cleaning. So our primary like niche client, our ideal client are bank branches. And we also do a lot of doctor's offices. So mm-hmm. we're staying more small from the standpoint of we're sending one person in to clean a building that they can clean in, in two or three hours where we're looking okay. for accounts that are multi, you know, clean multiple times per week. So when companies get kind of the size we're at, they typically start going after bigger accounts. We're still stay it after the small, again, two to three hour per clean mm. clients and our niche being doctor's offices and bank branches. And how did you discover that niche? Was it a case of trial and error or was it something that you were focused on from the get-go? Yeah, great question. So we figured out early on that we wanted to focus on having part-time cleaners. So it's, so what we do is we focus on hiring people that have a full-time job already. Maybe they work at a bank branch. Maybe they're an office manager for a doctor's office or for an attorney's office. And they just want to make a little bit, little bit extra money on the side. So we focus on cleaning environments that stay clean, which is for us the reason why we want to clean multiple times per week. We don't do like factories or anything that's, you know, that's your warehouses, things of that nature. We stay in pretty clean environments, professional environments, because we're looking to hire professional people. So part of it was that was we realized our ideal client and our ideal team member kind of at the same time. So if I can find somebody that works that, you know, they're they're dressed up kind of nice for work, professional attire, at least business casual, we can provide an opportunity for them to clean and like a two hours after work, maybe mm-hmm. work three or four days a week, then that was the ideal for us. And bank branches were just, that was, it fit perfectly there. And one of my first clients just by sheer luck, Matt, yeah. was a was a bank branch. And so I figured oh, wow. that part of it out. I was like, oh, this is pretty simple, pretty easy. And we just were able to grow in that area. And then same thing for doctor's offices, not like urgent care centers or hospitals, but no, it's mm-hmm. a doctor's office where maybe one or two doctors are there. They're cleaned multiple times a week often and the cleans don't take six hours, it's two to three man hours. So it fit perfectly for us to have professional people in professional offices. I think that certainly from my experience, that's often a big stumbling block, right? Find 
finding finding that initial niche when you're starting a cleaning business in particular you tend to sprain hope you you know whatever work yeah. comes in you accept yeah. um, and that's what we did to start with too sure. <laughs> we just got lucky on finding some <laughs> of our ideal to start too. once you found your niche how how did the business grow from there what what sort of tactical approach or what changes did you make within the business to sort of double down on on what on the niche that you found yeah so you know what's funny for me is i see that most people they get started in cleaning in a cleaning company they're like hey how can i build the website that does you know that gets leads coming to it or how can i go uh, where do they have the bids posted at or where can i buy leads there's all these types of questions and, and there's obviously you know those are things that people can do to succeed for me uh from day one and just i just probably wasn't smart enough to do all those things matt it was all relationship marketing based so i'm in a town of about uh, 150,000 200,000 people mm. it's a college town university of georgia for anybody that's familiar with uh, they just mm. won the national championship last year in football so it's kind uh-huh. of a deal, a deal <laughs> but uh you know for us it was a smaller town and so i just got active in the community one of the best things i did early on was I joined an, an organization called Business Networking International, or BNI, and that helped me get to generate some leads, but also generate relationships that could help me generate leads. And mm-hmm. I joined the Chamber of Commerce, uh, that first bank branch that I talked about, which was actually a credit union branch. It came from me going to a chamber meeting and meeting someone who was a branch manager. And she said, hey, you know, I'm not happy with my cleaning company. Come out, give me a quote. I had mm-hmm. no idea what I was doing, Matt. This is only like the second quarter ever given. Yeah. And we just, it stumbled into it. That was 15 years ago, let's say 16 years ago. And we still have that client today. Oh, so wow. for us, it was relationship marketing focused. It was get out and get to the community, meet some people. Uh, and honestly, that was probably just more in line with what I was, my gifted, what giftedness was in anyway, was sure. to just go out and talk, you know, and, and be in relationships. So our focus was on that and then going up, being involved in the community. Be it not going to a chamber meeting, but going to like every month, going back, going back, going back. Mm. B and I wasn't like go one time. I was like, no, be a part of this business. And so we built our business relationship network. And that was the fuel that helped us grow. We just started telling people, hey, we clean banks and doctors office. Yeah. It just started happening where that was the word. And we became known as a company that cleans banks and doctors offices. <laughs> nice. We were able to generate our business that way. Okay, great. Yeah, I think the the relationship approach is underestimated, especially now when, you know, tech and Google and Facebook and ads and all that kind of stuff i tried b and i i have to admit um it didn't work out too well for me but perhaps that's probably more down to my approach so when you figured out or when you joined b and i and the the chamber of commerce did you have sort of a strategy behind it or or was it just you know let's start conversations let's see whether we can help people as and when we can obviously you know there's a referral element and see where it goes from there or, or were you a bit more focused and tactical in your approach that man, I was not tactical or focused at all. It was just, I was in a group. Uh, I was online. This is 2006. So mm. I was on some, they didn't have the Facebook groups or any of those things. So I was in a group, you know, some, I think it was called the Global Cleaning Association. It was some, some forum. It was old school, like chat room type stuff. Yeah. And I saw B&I and I, I learned about it from that. And I was like, well, I'll join it and try it. So everything for me was try, fail, adjust. When I joined mm. the chamber, I didn't have you know a strategy for joining it. It's just one of the guys I met in B&I said, come to a chamber meeting with me. And the first chamber meeting I went to is when it's like they drew my name out of a hat to speak at the next, it was a network lunch, to speak at the next lunch. So here's the cleaning guy speaking at lunch, right? Who cares? <laughs> but that's when I met that branch manager from the bank okay. and I was hooked. I was like, oh, okay, this led to some business for me. So it gave me some hope. And then the strategy was just, well, if I came to the event and I met somebody that was a prospect, then maybe I should keep coming to these events because maybe more prospects will be here in the future. Yeah. And that's kind of what, how it worked for me. Now, again, so for me, B&I, 
was the gateway to the chamber. I, one guy connected me here. Connected, so I was been loyal to that too. Well, okay, well, if this one BNI guy led me to the chamber, led me to this, then maybe some of these other people will lead me to this. So it was all about like, I got to build a network. Now, Matt, two backstory on that. I moved to a town in 2006. So yeah. I started my business in 2006, but I moved to a new town in 2006 as well. I didn't know anybody. So oh, like, wow. I got to go out and meet some people. I'm never going to succeed in business if I don't have people, you know, a network. I knew yeah. that your, you know, your network is your net worth, that type of thing, right? So I got to go out and meet some people and build my network. So that was the only real strategy was just get out and meet people. There wasn't like a, hey, and then get their emails and send them an email and then convert yeah, yeah. this drip camp. I was not smart enough <laughs> for any of that. It was, it was more organic. Not- it just kind of grew. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, out wasn't and active. hard pressure sales thing. I was like, if I build enough relationships and I just treat people well, then eventually I think business will come in. And that's, uh, you know, there's, there's some other stuff to that, but there is a little bit of a fundamental truth to that. If you build enough relationships and stay in business long enough, you will get some things. Now you got to be out there getting after it too, knocking on some mm. doors. You know, you can't just expect it to come to you like that. And we did that too. But um, I did have, that was my mentality was that we were going to be in it to win it and in it to win it means you're in it long-term and that if you built enough relationships and you were good in business and you're good to people, then you should start to receive some reciprocation from that. So that was yeah. the only real strategy we had. It's a very elementary, but it did work out in the end. Simple works though, right? Simple works. It does. We tend to overcomplicate things and start trying to sign up for all this stuff. And it's like, man, just focus on a few things and try to grow in that area and maybe get a mentor or coach who can give you a couple principles to follow. And then, you know, follow one course, still successful. Start winning here before you start adding things. I see a lot of people get started and they, they want to have, you know, eight planes taken off at once. That's <laughs> how so you can't do, you know, focus on one thing first. Yeah, for sure. And just going back. So the the bank, the first bank that you won, you said uh, they've been your client for 15 years. How have you been able to maintain that relationship like because i guess there's obviously customer service element they weren't happy with their previous cleaner like what have you done to be able to service them for such a long period of time I think the number one answer I'd give for this, Matt, is our company says we are relationship first. So you know anybody can go take out the trash. And it's very easy to fire a company that you don't have that doesn't have a face. You know, so it's it's I can fire somebody if I don't know who they are. But if I know who they are and there's a relationship there, then I'll tend to give them a second chance a little easier than if I didn't know them at all. So we've focused on building a relationship, which for us means for this bank, we would just go by and see them during during the day. But we didn't just clean and wait for them to complain. Mm-hmm. They're going to complain at some point. Every company, every you're going to you're going to uh, serve someone at a lower level at some point. Forget a trash, you know. Forget to take out the trash or do something. So I I just started going by during the day, and I'd say you know the branch manager's name was Mary, but hey Mary, just wanted to check in and see if everything was good, you know, and it, sometimes she'd be like, oh you know what, actually I noticed this. If what I wanted to do, Matt, was I wanted to beat the client to the complaint. So mm. before they like were upset enough to email me and say, Hey, this got missed or this hasn't been, you know, there's been a dead bug in the corner for three months. Yeah. I wanted to go in and ask them. And so they could just tell me, because the last thing a, cl- a client wants to do is email the cleaning company. Like they got a billion other things on their mm. radar, but if you can drop in and they know that you're going to come by and or they know your name, stuff like that. Um, I wanted to add value to the relationship. And I w- honestly too, one of the, here's a tip I can give to a newbie, uh, someone who's new in the business is I always wanted to make, make them happy to see me. So I, sure. I would bring a, you know, some donuts or <laughs> jar of candy, you know, or something like this. Yeah. And I was like it, Pavlov's dog experiment. Right? Like, I want to treat them that when I walk in the door, they, 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 you know, they like value you just walked in. Yeah. And so, but it was really about building their relationship. And so if we ever did have a quality issue, there was a level of trust and respect that was there that they could just say, Hey Josh, we had this issue. Can you fix it? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that relationship first approach for us 
was the thing that's led us to being a successful cleaning company. And I guess that's been replicated, obviously, throughout the rest of your clients as well. So tell me about your team. How how has the team grown? Like, have you got assigned roles within the business, you know, for customer service and for operations and that kind of thing? What what does the the structure of your business look like now? And how has that changed as you've grown as well? So, man, that's a good question, too, because I think that there's different, you know, different stages of your business is going to look really different. And that what works in stage one may not work well in stage two. So there's some reinvention that goes on. Uh, I'd say this, Matt, this is one of the things I've learned in business and you can point to it in lots of bigger businesses is Mm. that every level of success that you're at, there's going to be a high level of dysfunction that still exists in your organization. And I believe that the bigger your organization gets, the more successful it gets, the more dysfunction that there is out there. And Mm -hmm. the examples I would point to, again, I'm in the United States, but I would say, you know, McDonald's, we all know McDonald's. Well, nobody goes to McDonald's for their high level quality customer service or really their (laughs) high quality product. You just know what you're going to get. There's tons of dysfunction at McDonald's, but they're a ridiculously successful organization here in the States. We have Walmart everywhere. Same thing. Nobody goes to Walmart and is like, man, customer service here. It's phenomenal. Their customer service is terrible. There's all types of dysfunction in that organization, but it's very successful. So for us, we just try to stay true to those principles of we're going to screw a bunch of stuff up, but we're going to be relationship first. And so as we've gotten bigger and try to get better, we're like, how can we get more relationship first? So in the beginning stages of the business, you know, all my cleaners responded directly to me. Then I started getting levels of management and leadership. Well, as part of doing that, I realized like we weren't staying as relationally intentional uh, throughout the organization. So we started building ways for that. So we built in a level, we call this thing, it's called dispatch is what we call it. But like every time a cleaner checks into an account, we have software that we, we know they're there. We mm-hmm. send them a message like, hey, Matt, hope you have an awesome day. If there's anything you need, let me know. That type yes. of thing throughout the organization. So from a, from a system standpoint, in the beginning, you know, it's me and my wife and we're just spinning plates and we're the, mm. we're the magic for everything going on. And over time, we had to realize like we got to bring other people into place. We got to give them like, hey, here's what you need to, need to do. And then we had to like let them do it. And that was mm-hmm. the hardest part. We want to dive yeah, in. Thanks. So that's the biggest thing I think I see, Matt, with companies trying to grow is that the owner is so used to being the magic and so used to pleasing the client that they can't give their team room to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And the only way the team's really going to grow is to make the mistakes, you know? And so that's a hard thing that I've seen for us. And I think others struggle with that as well. But from a management and leadership standpoint, you know, the biggest thing we've done is say we want to invest in the relationships of our team and figure out if we can make sure that they feel like they're valued and appreciated, mm-hmm. then they'll appreciate us. They'll be loyal and they'll want to see the company grow because they're part of a team where people feel like they're valued and appreciated. Yeah, I think that that is a stumbling block for a lot of cleaning businesses, right? Not not focusing on well two things you mentioned the customer relationship for one because it's very much seen as transactional we'll do the clean if anything there is a problem we'll find out about it from the client but the other side is especially now focusing on your team members right your your staff like they are the lifeblood of your business without them you don't have a business so you need to invest time and effort into them to help them develop and feel part of the mission talking about that you're asking them too man and saying that if you're asking your team hey make like i want you to care about the client and care about doing a good job uh, but your team doesn't feel like you care about them mm. they're not going to care about people if they don't feel like you care about them so like that whole like make them feel appreciated if you're but they people that feel appreciated will do better work than people that don't feel appreciated. So focus, that's the first client is is your team, man. You got to make sure they feel like they're valued. Yeah, for sure. So you've touched on a couple of things in terms of, um, you know, how you make your team feel valued in, in terms of checking in with them. How else have you developed your your team and recruited new members into your team to buy into 
you know, the customer service levels that you are delivering and to maintain the the standards that, that clients are expecting from you? Man, that's a great question too, Matt. I, I think one of the things that was like uh, just a huge point in my business was four years ago because we had grown and we were, you know, successful from the standpoint of like our revenue looked good, stuff like that. But I just felt mm. like there were some fractures and cracks and things. And so I went through and looked at the data of like how long our cleaners were on site and like they were, where there was just some, some, some challenges in the, in the organization. And I sat down and I wrote down everything that I thought was like a major challenge. And then I was like, well, what's the opposite of that? Like, there was, I'll tell you, like one of the problems was again, signing in and signing out. Mm. And it just seemed like maybe people didn't care. And so I was all right, well, people don't care. We can't, I don't know if they're there or not. Like I wrote character. I was like, if our people have character, they'll do that. They'll do things the right way. I wrote another thing. and was like, well, you know, they got to care too. They got to give a crap about doing the right things or care. I was like, when they, and in communication, like we got to know if there's a problem or somebody needs supplies. So what I did, Matt, and I'd already known this stuff. It's in all the books, right? Mm. It was like, what are your core values? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I wrote down the things that were existing in my, and a, a lot of my team members that I didn't like. And then I inverted that or the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so one of the, the game changers in our company was just was into the end of 2018. We lost 25% of our revenue in six weeks at, between Thanksgiving, around the Thanksgiving time period and Christmas of 2018. We lost 25% of our revenue over our monthly, month over month revenue. Wow. And this, I was just pissed off, man. I was just mad. And so I wrote down these, here's everything I don't like about this. And I wrote the opposite. And so I came up with my mission, vision, and core values, and I incorporated it into our company. I said, our mission is that we're going to go above and beyond to serve people because I didn't mm. feel like we had been. We're going to go above and beyond to serve people. And from a vision standpoint, I was like, this is the company we're building. We're respected by our clients. I want my clients to respect us. We're appreciated by our team members because I didn't feel like I was doing a good enough job, like our leadership of making our team members feel appreciated. So therefore, mm-hmm. re- appreciation is reciprocal. Like they're not going to appreciate me if I don't appreciate them and make them feel appreciated. Yeah. And then the third line was we are we are remembered by our community. I'd read in a book that said, hey, if your company, Matt, ceased to exist tomorrow, would anybody miss you? Would anybody mm. even know that you were gone? I was like, well, I want to, I want, if that happened to us, I'd want people to know like what happened to Athens Cleaning Company. They were doing good things in the community. So it's like, we're going to be respected by our clients, appreciated by our team members and remembered by our community. And then for us, I'm a big Chick-fil-A fan. I was like, I want to be the Chick-fil-A of cleaning businesses, man. <laughs> I want people just to recognize customer service, top quality and things of that nature. So I wrote down those, that description of those core values. And that was like team member core values. I wrote down what our mission statement was. I wrote down what our vision statement was. And I just started talking about it. And in the process of doing that, what happens is that you, you that repels some people. They don't, they're like, some people, look, I don't want to do relationship first, Josh. I just want to clock in and clock out and be gone. Mm. But what happened is we started talking about those values, the mission, the vision. And we started putting it out there in our social media. We put that in our job ads. We started attracting the right people. We also figured out like kind of, Ideally, like this is what ideal team member looks like. I mentioned this earlier. I'm like, well, I'm looking more so for people who like they don't know they want to work for a cleaning company. They don't think they'd ever clean for mm. for, for work. It was like, all right, side gig for professionals. So I started focusing on bank tellers and office mm. managers and and teachers or you know parapros, whatever it may be. People that would they're like, I got this job. I'm not making quite the money I want to make, or I want to save up for vacation, or I want to pay off my student loans. I need to make an extra three, four hundred, five hundred dollars a month. We started looking for those people. I named them. I named them last year. I was like, just getting started, Joanne. This is mm. the person who's they're early in their career. <laughs> they're just now learning what taxes mean. They're like, I thought I made thirty thousand a year. That's I'm not making twenty five hundred a month. That's not what I'm bringing home. Like, That's right. You know, for us in the states, Uncle Sam's getting his cut. Mm. Just getting started, Joanne is the ambitious young person in the first part of their career that needs to make that extra money to pay off student loans. We had soon to retire Stephanie. Mm-hmm. This is the person who's like, hey, I don't have enough for retirement. And so I got my desk job. Let me get out of my desk job and get some steps in and make a little extra money to put into mm. savings so I can quit this desk job a little bit sooner. 
And then we had homeschool mom, Megan. And Matt, whether she needed the money or not, she just needed a break from her kids, mm. right? She's at home with her kids. <laughs> yeah. She just needs, you know, a trip to the grocery store can get canceled out. Yeah. A trip to the bank to clean on a Wednesday night can't. She's got to show up at the bank. So we we just we got really clear on this is who we're looking for. This is what they look like. This is probably what kind of jobs that are in. We got really specific on that. And when you get specific on what you're looking for, you start to see more of what you're looking for. You figure it out. You figure out, okay, what do I need to say to homeschool mom, Megan, to make this, this particular job appeal to her? Mm. So instead of it just being a huge wide net of we're going to take all these clients and we're going to take all these team members. It's like, mm. can I get specific? No, if I'm looking for the color red, I can find the color red. But if I'm just looking for pretty colors, I'm like, oh, there's there, 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 there. It's how do I attract the pretty colors? Well, I don't yeah. know. How can I can figure out how to attract just the color red? So that was the big thing for us is getting clear on here's what, here's who we are. Here's what we're about. Here's what we're building. And this is the team we're looking for. And we started being able to attract that team. And mm. they resonated with the mission vision and the core values. So that again, I knew that stuff for 10 years before I ever did it. But when I put it into place, our company more than tripled, or actually, let's see, more than tripled at this point from that point. Really? Yeah. So it, we, now again, we went back 25%, right? Sure. But from that point of, we went back to that 25% till now, we are three times the size of, that we were in December of 2018 with a great team, bigger team we've ever had. And and a focused team, right? A, a team that's in line with your values, with the mission, um, focusing in on, on a niche. So would you say that that exercise that you went through was the one decision you took that had the biggest impact on your business growth? Best thing that ever happened to up to my company, Matt, was losing 25% of our revenue in a six-week period of time mm. because it made me get, I, I was angry enough to do the hard work that was necessary of defining who we really were, what we were really about, and what we were really going for. And that process of identifying, truly, this is who we are in the core. This is what we're trying to build. This is where we're going. This is how we're going to get there. That was set us apart, right? Because then then we knew, okay, we know where we're going. That's when I got, you asked about strategy. That's when I got strategic, okay. just figuring that out. But I had to get, you know, I was trying to get out of this thing. And let me tell you, this this is a thing for me that happened in that moment too. I was really frustrated with the business. I had other stuff going on outside the business. And I was always trying to just make the cleaning company a passive income stream. And mm. Joshua was going to be defined by something else. And I just felt like God told me like, just put all of your best gifts, abilities, and talents into this company and see what I'll do with it. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I, and reluctantly I did. And I was like, all right, whatever. Let me dive back <laughs> in and figure this crap out. And I was angry about it. But it was the best thing that ever happened to us because we got clear on what we wanted. That, that was it. Clear on what we wanted, who we were and that helped us figure out how to you know strategy how to go out and to to win for us because what you know you can go out and create a successful cleaning company in lots of different ways yeah lots of different genres i got a friend of mine he's like i'm relationship never like he just that's not the way he does it. he's got a very successful cleaning company my yeah. way is not the right way it was the right way for me it was the path of right resistance for me, it was what we wanted to build. You can be the McDonald's of cleaning companies. You can be the Chick-fil-A of cleaning companies. Both are very successful organizations. Yeah. So we chose Chick-fil-A. That's who, the path we wanted to follow. We wanted to be again, you know, customer service, relationship first, impacting the community. And it helped us figure out a lot of the other stuff because we were able to apply a filter to it. Here's a decision we can make. All right, well, does that, did, did we go above and beyond to serve people if we do this? It's like, well, no. All right, well, we can't do that. So absolutely 100% identifying who we really were was the number one best decision we ever made. And, and I think it's, what, it's what's going to take us to be one of the more successful cleaning companies here in America. So just having gone through that process, what do you think is the one lesson that your experience has taught you up until now that other cleaning business owners would benefit from learning? 
I think it's, I think it's that. I think it's like, if you can get clear on who you are mm. and what you want, and again, it can be the total opposite from what I just said, and that's fine. There's not a right or wrong for this, but if you can get really clear on the kind of business that you want to build, the culture that you want to build, then you'll start seeing things differently. Um, you know, you're building that foundation of like, well, here's the house we're going to build. It's based off of these things. So I think the number, again, the number one thing for me, maybe it's not the same for everybody else, but was when I got very clear on who we are, what we're about, where we're going, that it, it changed. And I don't, Matt, the, the, the challenge I would say with that advice is I don't know if I really could have done that work before I was angry enough to do it. But if the earlier somebody can get to where they can get clear, I mean, this is thinking grow rich, right? But hey, get clear on what you want. Yeah, yeah. Desire to achieve it. Like right? this is this is all stuff that we know. The faster they can get clear on that, some of the other things they'll figure out. Um, and the other thing, I think the other only other thing I would say that maybe less philosophical than that is is to figure out the, uh, hey, who's your ideal client and who's your ideal team member? If you can figure those two pieces out, because really what we're doing in the cleaning business is we're a, we're a glorified staffing agency. We're matchmaking. We're figuring out, I got to get a client, unless you're going to be the guy cleaning all the time. I'm going to get a client. I'm going to say, this is how we're going to serve you. And I'm going to find a person who's in line with serving people that way. I'm just stacking those people, you know, stacking those types of relationships. So we're, we're relationship building from the standpoint of we're matching at matchmakers, which we just do things. So get clear on who you on who you are, what you're about, what you want your company to be about, get clear on who you want to serve and get clear on who is going to serve with you. And then it's again, then we're just, stacking things up from that point on. So I think that's the, that's the secret to success in this industry from my perspective. So look, Josh, we're going to go into the quick fire round before we wrap this up. I've got a bunch of other questions that I'd want to ask. So um, there may need to be a part two to this uh, to this podcast episode. But look, the, the first quick fire round uh, question that I want to ask you is, what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself just starting out with your cleaning business? Listen, all the, the same time. <laughs> no, uh, I would say, I'd say, hey, you just want, the thing that that helped me to eventually win in this yeah. was that when I was out cleaning, I, I was a hungry student of personal and professional development. Okay. I was always listening to a, a podcast just like yours, Matt. I was mm-hmm. listening to people that had won in life, and there wasn't really a whole lot of offering for people who'd won in this industry for me to listen to when I got started. But yeah. now there is. And so I'm like, hey, you just want to program your your mind to succeed. So when you're out there hustling and doing your thing, you just want to be listening to stuff that and reading stuff that is empowering you to run after that vision. So again, thinking, thinking you're rich, uh, listen to podcasts just like yours, Matt. I mean, you just want to be listening and reading and consuming information that will help you build your dream and get fired up and excited because this crap gets hard, you know, and yeah. so you really got to have, have a strong desire and a belief level that you can win eventually to get you through those hard times. So I would say, absolutely. Number one, most important thing to do is to con- consume positive media consistently over and over and over and over learn and execute right like you did you you Mm -hmm. didn't just take it in you actually put it into practice i know there was a tipping point that you know when anger got enough for you to go all right let me focus in on like applying everything that i learned but i think that that's often you know the other side and i've been guilty of this you know you listen to so much you take it all in you're like yeah this is the way forward but actually unless you start applying it then you're you're really going to be stuck in the same place that you are right now. So quite often yep. there's, you know, there's going to be a triggering event that is going to make you go, okay, this is what I know. Like, let me actually put it into action. And then once you've seen the proof of that action working, then you're like, oh shit. So, I, you know, all the other stuff that I've learned and I understand, why am I not just applying that? And and eventually it's going to lead to the success that I'm, you know, I'm after the success that I desire, yeah. right? You raise your belief the most is when you act upon the information that you've gathered. Like that's, that's when true belief, cause you're starting to, you know, mess up and learn all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I think about things I do now that like, I, I I've written a book to do 
15 years ago, mm. but I couldn't, <laughs> I didn't believe enough to do it. Now I'm like, why aren't, why aren't y'all doing this? You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. well, you had to raise your belief. So yeah, you, you, if you just listen to stuff and don't do anything, it don't work. <laughs> it's like faith without works is dead. You got to listen and consume why you're doing and putting into action. And that's how you build some success. Yeah, for sure. And the last quick fire question, uh, Josh, is what three non-negotiable skills do you think are essential for growing your cleaning business? Uh, three non-negotiable skills. Well, you got to be able to, you got to figure out a way to generate leads and win clients. So you got to mm. learn how to, you got to learn how to sell. Um, you eventually got to learn how to talk to people. So even, you know, generating leads, all that stuff. Hey, that's all really good, man. Let me give you a hundred leads. Well, if you don't know how to talk to people, you don't know how to mm. close the lead, then you're screwed, right? So I'd say you need to learn how to how to communicate effectively to, to close a deal and to sell. Now, I'm speaking on this too, non-negotiable skill if you want to grow a successful cleaning company of, of size or scale. So that's number one. You got to learn how to how to sell. Uh, number two, you have to learn how to build, like how to lead and build leaders. Because if you're going to, you know, if you're the magic, you're just, you're the leader, you're managing everybody else. Well, mm. if you want to grow beyond that, then you have to be able to attract a leader that's going to lead underneath you. So you got to develop your own leadership, but you have to be able to develop other leaders as well, or figure out a way to outsource it. But a good leader will not follow a leader that sucks. Mm. So you got to in- increase and improve your own uh, leadership level. And then I think the third thing I'd say is like, you got to get really, you have to be comfortable enough in your humanity and who you are that you know what you're good at and what you're not good at. Because mm. if you're trying to operate in things that you suck at, then your company's going to suck in that area. And you're also going to be taken away from areas where you could be applying your strength. You're not, you're not growing stronger in your strengths because you're trying to take care of something that's a weakness because you're trying to be a well-rounded person. Just get comfortable in who you are. You're going to be really good at certain things. You're not going to be a good at, at other things. I'm pretty good about with dealing with people and talking to people. But if you want me to do the same thing every day, Matt, if you want me mm. to do payroll, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. But hey, I'm going to hate it. And I'm gonna, you know what I'm saying? It's going to take away from where I'm good at. So yeah. get your non-negotiable skill. This is, I say this is kind of weird. It's the skills like, but you're, you need to know who you are, know what you're good at. Yeah. And also know what you're not good at and be able to say like, I'm just not good at that. So I've got to find a way to outsource that. Somebody else is good at that and they hate what you're good at. They, they suck at it. And they're yeah. really good at what you're not good at. They're really good at what you're not good at. And it's a good partnership. So know who you are in regards to your strengths and weaknesses. If you don't know that, it's going to be hard for you to grow. Yeah, for sure. Um, look, Josh, this has been a great conversation. So before we wrap it up, where can people find you online, get in contact with you, socials? Yeah, best place to find me is at Six Figure Cleaner on Instagram, uh, sixfigurecleaner.com. You can also find us at athenscleaningcompany.com. We try to be an open book for what we do and how we do things so other people can see it uh, from the standpoint. We want to make sure that people are successful in the industry as well. Because again, what I did was grind it out, man, uh, doing this thing and figuring it out. And there's podcasts just like Matt's that help you scale faster. I wish this, man, I wish this existed when yeah. I started out. I would have listened to every episode multiple times. But yeah, Six Figure Cleaner on Instagram and sixfigurecleaner.com or you can find our company at athenscleaningcompany.com or at athenscleaning on Instagram. Perfect. Nice one, Josh. Thank you very much for your time. We're going to wrap it up. And uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to round two if you're open to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Matt, thanks for doing the work to put this on, what you're doing for the industry with doing this podcast and bringing like successful you know, cleaning company owners to be able to pass on their information. This is a game changer. Again, I can't say how much I wish that I would have had this when I was coming through it, man. So you guys make sure you subscribe and review this podcast too, because mm-hmm. it'll get out to more people and it'll help our total industry. Uh, the more you guys subscribe and share these, these podcasts that Matt's put now. Perfect. I appreciate you, Josh. Thank you very much. Thanks, man.
Thanks to Josh for joining us on the Growth Lab podcast and thanks to you guys for listening. You can access the show notes and resources via the link in the episode description. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others who you think will find it useful across social media or leave a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at I am underscore Matt Harris. That's M-A-T-T-H-A-R-R-I-S to catch all the latest from the Growth Lab and how to generate more contract opportunities for your cleaning business. See you next time. And remember, your cleaning business isn't growing, it's dying. It's dying.